0: Joshua Glover is a man who lives in Bowmanville and wants to be one of your two trustees for the Peterborough, Victoria, Northumberland, and Clarington Catholic District School Board. He wants to increase accessibility, communication, and build customer service, all the while nurturing the values taught to us by Jesus Christ. In this episode of Exit 425, Joshua Glover fills in the details of why he should be one of the trustees that represents Clarington to the PVNCC DSB. Josh Glover, welcome to Exit 425. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate what it is that you do for the community. Why do you want to be a school board trustee for the Peterborough, Victoria, Northumberland and Clarington Catholic District School Board?
1: Well, I'd like to make a a change in the community. Uh, A change that I feel like I I can make. Uh, I believe that the uh, trustee position would be an ideal position for me to pursue uh, because I believe I have the aptitude, the determination and the vision to make make a difference in the community and make a difference in education uh, here in Clarington.
0: Describe your connections with the PVN CCDSB.
1: So I live, I've lived in Bowmanville for eight years. Uh, prior to moving here, I lived in Oshawa for most of my life, uh, except when I went away to college. Um, I went to Catholic school as a child in Oshawa, Scarborough Love. St. John Bosco and near Paul Dwyer uh, the connection that I have with the PVNC CDSB are is essentially through God um, the values that are taught by the PVNC CDSB are values that I was taught in the Durham District Catholic School Board as well so these are values that were taught to us by Jesus Christ and through those values, I feel a deep connection with the PVNC-CDSB.
0: How can you as a trustee make PVNC-CDSB a more effective organization for students and for staff?
1: Well, I wonder, Steve, how does the individual measure effectiveness? Because what is considered effectiveness by uh, the staff would be com- Completely different than what effectiveness is for students. Furthermore, if I were to ask 10 parents um, what I can do to make the PVNC CDSB a more effective organization, I would probably get 10 different answers. So, my perspective on the question of how to make it a more effective organization is to make the organization more accessible to students and staff. There are various different Um, Hurdles, um, walls, if you will, that sort of separate students and staff from the PBNC CDSB. And we can be very granular with respect to details of of what and examples of what these walls are. Um, However, uh, as a whole, they sort of embody a lack of communication. And to make the organization more effective, we have to make the organization more effective at communicating. Uh, And communicating comes with accessibility. So me, myself, as president of Bowmanville Toastmasters, uh, communication and leadership is something that we focus on. And I look forward to bringing those values and that sort of ethos to the community where I'm an open book, what's happening uh, within the trustee spheres uh, welcome welcome to the public I'd like feedback uh, we can do this as a team type of mentality so um, yeah I can, we can make it a more effective organization by making it more accessible and improving on the communication
0: you touched on your experience with the Toastmasters uh, any lessons any other lessons from previous employment or your experiences that would inform your practice as a trustee quite a few quite a few steve uh i worked for a telecommunications
1: company for eight years uh actually i was first hired for this company here in bowmanville um so essentially i was the guy you would talk to when you wanted a new cell phone or a new tv package everyone listening to this right now can identify with that transaction and they can identify with um the it, I think it's a pretty uniform approach it's, it's people getting anxious and stressed when going into that environment it's almost like when you're going to buy a car the best way to approach it is to bring a friend somebody who knows cars somebody um, who's familiar with car salesmanship I think the same thing with cell phones in fact I'll make that recommendation right now don't get a cell phone plan unless you have someone there who you trust with you um, two minds are better than one Uh, So, it was a very valuable experience for me working for uh, that company. Um, Customer service is is a fact of life. It's a fact of life here in Canada. And if you're an individual who's good at it, I think you can do a lot of good in your community. Not just for your company, but for an individual person. Good customer service stands out. Um, We can remember bad customer service, but good customer service, you generally go back right to that person you trust them so the lessons i learned were manyfold and i'm using that one particular experience because it's the experience most previous, most recent employer that i've had um, uh, to provide some lessons so the un- one the biggest lesson really is that understanding is the key to accessibility so for example seniors Um, If time is not invested to ensure that they understand how to use technology, then they will be vulnerable in times when they need to access technology. So from the point of view of someone who's customer service in the cell phone industry, um, you're either a part of an environment that buys into helping the person to the very last question, or you're part of an environment where it's like fast food, just ship and go, ship and go. Uh, and instilling that ethos and that, uh, that sort of mission statement in, in a store, in a company environment, um, was a challenge for myself and a challenge for my manager at the time. We were very successful in instilling that and uh, generally it comes from just being um, not only a mentor but leading by example. So. And, and, and you know what? The central focus of, of a teacher is very similar to that, um, where as a teacher, how do you make students understand the lesson so that the student can access the lesson later on? This is the idea. The teacher creates an understanding that the, the student can access later on. And the same thing with customer service. So that was a very good lesson for me, that education of technology and billing and of, of the process to an individual person instills trust. Investing time in education can create a trust there. Another lesson um, is, well, basically there's no such thing as a bad question. Uh, the key to good customer service is not answering all of the customer's questions. The key is helping the customer understand what questions need to be asked, helping them right along the process. And again, there's a symmetry here between customer service and, and teaching where bad customer service or, or bad teaching uh, will thrive and Possibly even promote ignorance. It will promote ignorance. Whereas good teaching will replace ignorance with knowledge. So that type of ethos I, I, I took away from that experience of working in sales is um, you you have to sort of give a person the means to fish for a lifetime as opposed to just giving them a snack, you know? Teach a man to fish, and when it comes to customer service, teach a person how to use these things, and they'll never come back. You know, they'll, they'll be able to, to, to help themselves, and that was the key there. So, those are two sort of abstract lessons that I took from that environment, and uh, thank you for asking the question.
0: Two big personnel responsibilities of trustees is to hire the director and to influence the hiring of senior staff like superintendents. What would you look for in a director, and as an extension, senior staff or superintendents? Well, I look for discipline, consistency, and
1: educational pedigree. And I also look for a vision. And I wonder, is the vision well thought out? Does it uh, stand up to scrutiny? Is it affordable? And how will it benefit the students of Clarington? When you're in a leadership position, such as the director of education, you need to have these sort of um, patterns in place with discipline, consistency, you need to have experience in education, you need to have a vision, you need to be persuasive. But But there is a lot to be said, Steve. And what's really important to me is outside of education and work experience, how have they improved their community? How have they improved their community? How have they improved their church? Are they a mentor? Are they a good role model for children? I think if you want to be an outstanding leader, if you want to be an outstanding director of education or superintendent, you first have to be an outstanding leader in your hometown. And if we don't have this this pedigree in front of us, where the person put them, put the town in front of themselves, then I wonder how much of a difference they can make on a macro scale. I want to provide you, Steve, with an example. I very much enjoy reading local history. I like reading Canadian history specifically. I have here a book about R.S. McLaughlin. And at the end of the book, it has a list of an appendix of his known philanthropies. Let's provide the audience here with just a brief, this goes on for maybe 20 pages. The man has an epic legacy. The Achievements in the community. Big Brothers Canada. I'll just name the organizations. They also have a description of what he did. Black Creek Pioneer Village. Boy Scouts Association of Canada. The Adventure Camp of Halliburton, Children's Aid Society, Christmas Cheer, The Civic Auditorium, The Community Chest, Girl Guides Association, Government of Ontario, Hayden Shore Park, Whitby, Lake Vista Park, Lakeview Park, Lewin Hall, Oshawa Curling Club, Oshawa Golf Club, Oshawa McLaughlin Public Library, The Tennis Club, The Royal Ontario Museum, Salvation Army, Citizen Centre, Simcoe Hall. Andrews United Church, Stratford Festival, YWCA, United Emperor Loyalist Association. That's what he's done in our community. Not only in Durham, but extending to Clarington as well because his family originally settled, originally settled in Tyrone. When I look at the Director of Education, I want to see a pedigree similar to that. I want to see these experiences with the people in their hometown, with people in this community, and I want a, a trail of philanthropy following them. I think that's very important in these positions. So that's my answer.
0: Once elected, trustees are probably the most under the radar elected office there is in Ontario until you know, it appears that a parent or guardian's child is not treated properly. What could you do to raise the profile of a position that contributes to the management of over $200 million?
1: Hmm. raising
0: the trustee profile having more transparency and i
1: alluded to this in an earlier question is key Uh, transparency uh, by consulting with the parents in the community and the students in the community Uh, i want the community to understand the questions that are being asked of me i want the question to be asked of them as well I think by engaging with the community in this sort of way, where we're we're transparent, we're honest, and we're honest because we want to achieve the same ends. During this campaign trail, the solutions that parents have been presenting forth are phenomenal. They're educated, they're very practical, they're cost-effective, and it just seems like a bounty of wealth that the administration, the school administration that trustees can tap into. Um, tapping into that requires engagement, consultation, and I, I, I just believe that you can raise the trustee profile by just showing people what the trustee is up against and inviting the, them to uh, participate in the solution making process. So. Yeah, I I think that it is a very high profile position there, Steve, and a lot of education needs to be um, uh, presented to the public with respect to the duties of a trustee. Now, in Clarendon, there are two trustee positions. There's only three candidates, and I was, I'm I'm puzzled and to a degree. It's, it's symptomatic of the times. We know that participation in, in the democratic process and, and, and look at voting trends over the last like, 20, 30 years have significantly uh, reduced. But um, to see and, and engaging with parents right now, understanding their frustrations, and there's real frustrations here, I just wonder why there isn't as much participation um, in, in this process. Uh, and I think that's unfortunate in a way, because if there's not enough people willing to run for these positions, then the positions go acclaimed. And I think acclimation is a disservice to democracy because the person isn't being voted in by the people. They're assuming a position that nobody wanted. And this position has a lot of responsibilities. Uh, and a funny story here, actually, Steve. Um, I, had re- I had received a notice of acclimation uh, after I had uh, signed up for this position. Um, August 19th, I believe was the deadline. And I received an email saying, you've won. Uh, and I was disappointed because I never, I don't want to win that way. I want to engage with people and I want people to want me. Right. So I was disappointed, but I let my mom know and she was all excited and everything. Anyways, the next day, um, after she had told everybody, I got, uh, an email from the city and it was a it was an honest mistake they made the mistake and that it wasn't acclaimed uh, something had wrong with went wrong with the administration so everybody i knew was like oh come on and i was like phew because i don't want to win that way i don't want to acclaim the position so uh the raising the trustee profile Is is important because we want more people to participate, good people to participate, and want these
0: positions. So,
1: yeah, that's the answer.
0: (laughs) Okay, so there is some competition. Describe why Clarendon particularly needs you as an advocate for our quickly growing and developing municipality, arguably the fastest growing area in the PVN CCDSB.
1: I think the fact that Clarendon is growing really fast is understated and underappreciated. Um, immense population growth is is not only a, a phenomenon in Clarendon, it's a Canadian phenomenon. Uh, Canada is the fastest growing G7 country. So there's a tremendous amount of nuance that comes with this and it impacts all levels of society. Um, it's early days yet with, with uh, population growth more is on the way, of course, and we welcome it. Um, And and Steve, you mentioned you're you're, uh, from Curtis to a degree, right? Um, Let's use Curtis as an example of how population growth affects students. So the population in Curtis since 2015 has increased by 28%. It's now over 30,000 people. Yet it's only being serviced by two bus routes. In 2018 2019 there were five bus routes in Curtis so you have population that's increasing and the amount of underlying services are decreasing many factors go into these decisions and um, you know I empathize with people in these positions who have to make tough decisions they're not always gonna work out and I mean people are people right But at the end of the day, the the, the facts, sort of the results of these decisions speak for themselves. And right now, Clarington or uh, Curtis students aren't making it to school on time. A lot of them don't have access to transportation at all. And the city now is working its best uh, to compensate for this. But when the initial decision was made to reduce the amount of routes from five to two, who was in the room? that thought, well, we have this big population growth that's going on right now. And by reducing transportation, uh, this is going to have an impact on the population in such and such ways. So I think, Steve, that big decisions have been made in the last four years, and it's entirely possible that these decisions were made without considering how they would impact our future. Clairton needs me because I'm cognizant of the future, and I'm willing to stand up for the future right now. Uh, not a lot of people do that these days, so I believe people can take solace in in my sort of foresight into how the decisions now will impact the kids of tomorrow. That's unique these days, but it's essential when you're when you're having when you're engaged in collective bargaining someone has to be thinking about how these consequen- how these decisions will have consequences in the future and I'm vowing that, that, that that's sort of how that's who I am I'm always thinking that kind of 10 steps ahead so
0: along the same sort of line what makes you stand out perhaps above the other candidates as one of Clarington's best choices for trustee
1: I'm 33 years old I don't have any kids I want to have kids one day but unfortunately, it has not happened. However, I think not having kids is a strength for me as a trustee. Because it would be hard to demonstrate how having kids in the education system makes you more a more qualified person for the job. I think to be a good trustee, you have to be impartial. And it's entirely possible that if a candidate has children that go to the same go go to a school in the same ward that that person is representing. It's entirely possible that that person would be more partial to the problems that are being presented to their children as opposed to the problems that are confronting everybody as a whole. I could be wrong, but I think that stands to reason. So in the early going, as I'm exploring Clarington. As I'm talking to parents, I have no preconception of of, uh, priority. The priority is the individual. The priority is the experience. The priority is the problem that that person is encountering. So I think that's an advantage that I don't have kids in school. So I can approach these conversations from an impartial, objective point of view. I think it's an advantage. I know not everybody would agree with me. That's just where I'm at. Another one. There's a lot of modern nuance in education these days. And I'm not confident that the relationship between the traditional and the modern in Catholic schools today is a healthy one. Uh, There just seems to be a lot of fighting these days, Steve. A lot of fighting. And ultimately, this sets a poor example for children. The fighting is symptomatic of there being a poor dialogue between traditional and modernity. Uh, Basically, I think that someone or something is not being heard in schools today. If I had to hazard a guess, I think what's not being heard in school today is the message from Jesus Christ. I don't know if I stand out, but I do know that in this day and age, if one behaves in a way in which Christ would want them to behave, then they would stand out for all the right reasons. So I hope as trustee that I can make change in which God and my ancestors would approve of. So maybe I stand out to the population, but I hope that I stand out to God in a good, positive way.
0: What a great way to finish this interview today. Josh, thank you so much for being part of Exit 425 today.
1: Thank you, Steve, for everything you do in the community.
0: To reach Joshua Glover, use email trusteglover22 at gmail.com. For more links and more information about trustees and what they do, check out and join the Exit 425 Facebook group. Additionally, find information in the Exit 425 Facebook group about the municipal election and all of the candidates. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exit 425. Please like and subscribe on whatever platform you use. Our mission is to provide substantial information and education that goes where you want. Exit 425 is a production of Studio 38 Audio, copyright 2022. My name is Steve Ray. If you have any questions or would like more information about Exit 425, join our Exit 425 Facebook group or email me at exit425401 at gmail.com.